Hello, and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And I was sick last week, and who's sick now? I'm sick. It's this guy. Oops. Yes. Well, there it is. Sorry. Oops. <laughs> so we have a afternoon record here today. It's light outside. It's very odd. I'm congested and running a temperature. We're going to... I'm going to do my best to sort out all the sniffles. Yes. And uh, Sniffles were a problem last time. We're going to make it. I think I caught most of them in the edits. Okay. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Okay. So, how was your week other than me making you speak? Um, actually, the week was pretty good. I, I, I got out a lot, strangely enough. Even while I was fighting off illness, I shouldn't have done it. But I did. How was your week? Same, actually. Also fighting illness and also mm. got out a lot. Probably yes. too too much. Yeah, I Un think I overdid it. Mas. Let's get into this. Mm -hmm. Y'all, last week I was pissed. Y'all remember I was mad because we she still don't mad. know. We still didn't know. We didn't know. We I know, you guys. Too. We got to the end, so we do. In we fact, finally know found out what Andrew how to make him go away. Legion mm -hmm. wanted and thus would make him go away. And I was kind of right. Yes. All right. Okay, guys. Let's start at the top. So, episode three, part three, la finale of this epic storm is when the storm is starting to die down. Woo! <laughs> I think the climax of the storm is when a lighthouse falls over. Right. Uh, so, we enter and we see Mike and everybody, like a bunch of dudes, at the store basically raiding it they're gonna they're afraid that they're not gonna the roads aren't gonna be passable anymore so they're gonna take all of the food over to city hall makes perfect sense uh and then on the way back they're calling out to the names of the five people who went missing in the uh lighthouse debacle that just got snatched snatched and mike finds jane kinsbury she is frozen, and she is holding a piece of paper that says, what does it say? Give me what I want, and I'll leave. <gasps> I think this gag got pulled about ten times too often. I would like to say once too often, but no, they just keep coming back to it. Yeah, it's And there's it's a, a couple lot. of things in the film. It, I think that it's ironic or maybe intentional that Linoge says that hell is repetition. Yeah. Because yeah. we keep repeating this tagline over and over yeah. and over again. And I'm thinking, th this is getting on my nerves now because, as you pointed out, we've now been, what, three hours into not knowing exactly what he wants so that he can go away. And it's just wearing thin. The patience of the audience is going at this point. Yeah. Like a lighthouse in yeah. a storm. So... Back at the shelter, back at City Hall, Molly doesn't know where Ralphie is, and she's starting to freak out, and then Pippa's like, I think he went in there. And then Molly's able to open the door, and Ralphie is in a closet. He says he was with the man that Dad had brought in, but that man is must have... He says, he must have disappeared. I'm like, why are you so okay with that? Uh, and then... Is there, he'd been given a, a bag, right? A little mm -hmm. bag. And um, the reverend says, tells Molly, don't open that. And right. Molly's like, I ignore the reverend. I ignore everyone. It turns out that's I a reverend want. that you should ignore. And then Molly sees some marbles. 
Or stones. Let's oh, yes. be really important. These stones have a history. Oh, are those the... Um, yes. Those are the, the weirding stones? Mm-hmm. Okay. I missed... I wasn't looking at the screen at the moment, so I didn't realize it was the same stones. Mike tells a real good joke about Job. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yes. I love that joke. Main you know, geology. <laughs> I will, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to find the, oh, I can. I can, I can definitely pull the thing. Uh-huh. Insert joke here. Remember the story about Job in the Bible? Uh-huh. Well, there's part of that story that's never been written down. After the contest for Job's soul is over and God wins, Job falls to his knees and says, God... Why have you done this to me? All my life I worshipped you, and yet you destroyed my livestock. You blighted my crops. You killed my wife and my children. You gave me a hundred horrible diseases, and all because you had a bet going with the devil? Well, okay. But all I want to know, Lord, is all your humble servant wants to know is why me? Job waits. And just when he's about convinced himself that God's not going to answer him. A thunderhead forms in the sky. Lightning flashes, and a voice calls down. Job, I guess there's just something about you that pisses me off. Uh, and then the one survivor of the five people who disappeared is Angie. She shows up, and her hair is white, and she's talking about how if we have to, we definitely have to give him what he wants. We definitely have to. We got to. We have to. We got to. We we definitely want to. And I'm like, hey, Angie, what what might that be, though? Uh, this is the point when um, uh, the person watching it with us made an interesting comparison that it was like an episode of The Twilight Zone mm. where people had these sort of long monologues they delivered to pack rooms about strange happenings that yeah. were going on. And so um, that is very much what it felt like. There was a very good performance. It was very convincing makeup work because she looked like she had been blanched by fear. Those stories you hear about people's hair going white. Yeah. And she gives a really evocative story about essentially being dropped, right? Yes. Born up into the air and being dropped. She was flying with him uh, and then she he dropped her. Come fly with me. That and should it, be the song. At that point, Robbie is like, so whatever he wants, why doesn't he just take it? He can clearly, mm-hmm. he's killed multiple of us. Right. Why doesn't he just take it? Yeah. And, uh... Um, I guess, is it Angie or the town as a group just understands he can't take whatever it is. We have to give it to him. Right, which is logical at this point. Sure. I mean, it's I mean, logical it's, in yes, that because he, he could have just right. taken it. Right. Uh, and then all of the kids start, uh, they look hypnotized by something that nobody can see and they keep walking up to a spot reaching their hands out, and then falling over. Now, they're describing a cane with a dog's head, right? They're describing they just a dog. Okay, a dog. They're like, I want to pet the dog. Okay. What it is, in, in fact, is Lenoja's cane, their, his wolf head cane, and they keep touching it. Now, I'm like, you guys, stop those children. They're small. There's nine children. Stop them. I only know there's nine because later there's nine. But, uh-huh. <laughs> um, And nobody does. And, of course, Ralphie is the last. Like, Melinda tries to stop Pippa, and Pippa punches her, which is pretty good. That Let tiny go, blonde girl. She does say, bitch, and punches her mom, which, of all the children that I thought would punch their mom, I figured Donnie would do right. it. Right, Donnie was the, the bomb puncher in this group, but yeah, Pippa, adorable Pippa. 
Yeah, and then Ralphie's the last one who does. Pippa packs a punch. With Molly just standing there looking at him, not touching Mm -hmm. him, not nothing. And I'm just like, lock your kids in a different, whatever, it's fine. And then all the kids are asleep. They're all breathing, Uh but they are unconscious. And we see them flying in a line with Andre Mm -hmm. in the clouds. They're in the clouds. Might be just in the white out outside, but they're not touching the ground. Uh, the generator is flickering, but the storm is starting to recede. Some people think the kids are going to wake up and it's going to be fine. Some people don't think that. Well, there's no reason to believe that any of this will turn out well. Yeah. Andre talks to Joanna and basically uses her to as a conduit to talk to Mike. And Joanna's like, if you don't listen to me, I'm going to lay myself on fire. Like... And then the pastor is um, outed as a pederast. We don't know if that's true or not, but, you know. Well, we, we know that everything else that Linoge has said so far has seems to true. be true. Right, that's true. Uh, and Mike says you only see what bad people, w- w- the bad in people and not the good, which is a wild thing to come back with. He uh-huh. molested two girls. <laughs> like, yeah, but he's also, you know, nice sometimes. Like, what? <laughs> Mike. Mike. <laughs> um, well, I think what we're seeing at this point is that he, what Mike is, is an eternal optimist. He is an optimist. And the worst thing he's done is about the most harmless thing that anybody's done yes, in this group. for sure. Yeah, what he did didn't hurt anyone, really. Right. I would argue that cheating on a test to keep from failing out of school uh-huh. is not hurting anyone. Right. Um. But yeah, so yeah, his his crimes are against the establishment, I guess. He's sticking it to the man. And Andre says everybody needs to be here. The whole town has to be here at nine, mm-hmm. and uh, that's just the way that it is. And uh, they see. Do they? Does he see the kids outside at that point? No, that's later. No, later on he does show yeah. like a a weird. And again, this is Stephen King's. It's Stephen King writes a thing, and then the people who make the visualize thing don't know thing. how to right. visualize it. Yeah, it's hard. This is like the hand of God thing. There must yeah. have been a better way to do this. Yeah. In this case, the sort of moving diorama that kind of looks like those nightlights you put around a kid's bed. It does. Yeah. It it it's well done for what it is, but still, it's it, goofy. It looks janky. Yeah. No, for sure. So Joanna's like, I don't want to be in here with them. Let me sit in another room with the kids. And uh-huh. he's and Mike at this point is like, no, 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 we're doing what the fuck he says. Like, he says we all have to be here. We right. have to be here. Like, sorry, sucks to be you, but no, we're we're yeah. all gonna be here. And um, everybody gets together, and here we are. We're at the culmination, and the culmination is. I'm an old man. I mean, I'm going to live for a lot longer than any of y'all uh-huh. are going to live, but I'm on the way out, not the way in, right? Like, that's... Uh, at this point, he shows he them. He refers to them as may, their, their mayfly lives. And he shows them, yes, right. he shows them out the window, sort of them all flying through the air. It's very, like, reminds me of Willy Wonka or something. Like. It reminds me of Peter Pan. There you go, Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I think at this point we've seen him old do this sort of elderly face mm-hmm. a couple of times. Yeah. And he also uh, publicly humiliates the town uh, boss. Yeah, he says that this dude stole 14 grand from his company for... no. 
What does he do? So Robbie starts, he tries to like bring the thing to order and Andre right. shows up and he's like, sit down and shut the hell up. Oh, the reason that he's been going so hard for the kid uh-huh. is this kid stole $14,000 from his boss. This 14-year-old has right. stolen fourteen grand from his boss, which, how did your boss not notice fourteen grand missing? Good grief. How are you so good at cooking the books at the age of 14? You're going to be a criminal. Good mastermind. Right. Uh, and, and he's used that money to gamble with, but he's bad at it, so he has lost it all. Uh, another dude set fire to the factory that fired him, and it, um, it didn't hurt anybody, but it did put a bunch of other people out of work because the factory was totally burned down. Uh, he re-brings up the gay bashing that we had right. learned about previously with the other two items. Um, Robbie pulls out his gun because Robbie doesn't learn. He doesn't learn anything. The fact that he actually shot Mike last time, it never occurs to him. He's just going to, He, I think he has a, a need to be a public hero. But also he's got a little bit of the insanity of mm-hmm. I'm going to keep doing the same thing over and over right. again and I'm going to get a different result. No, sir. No, I'm sorry, sir. You will not. So then he shows them all flying contentedly outside and he's like, look, I am old. It, compared, I like the phrasing. Compared to your Mayfly existence, I'm going to be around for a long time. But I'm almost to the I'm I'm at almost to the end of my life cycle, and I need a protege. Give me a child, and I want one of the. Oh, I guess there are eight eight children who are sleeping in the back. I'll take care of them, and that's going to be that. You have a half an hour, or I will if they fall there. They're going to die here, yes. and then I'm going to cast all y'all into the sea. He's going to compel them to walk into the ocean the same way as what happened with the colony, the lost colony. The That's lost the colony, right. And that we saw that Mike had seen in his They've dream. all had visions of it. He was the only one who knew, because everybody else was like, how would we, what, what like, uh, I think they were seeing the news. Okay. And then he had said, we'd walk into the ocean. He's going to make us walk into the ocean. That's the thing. So... He leaves, and the first thing is, do we believe it? And everybody's like, we 100% believe that he will do what he says he will do. So Mike is like, we're not doing this. Like, we're not even going to talk about it. Of course we're not giving a child to a demon. That is a child and a demon. (laughs) We're not giving a a baby Uh to a devil. Like, really think about what you guys are saying. That's a child. That's a demon. We're not. <laughs> what did you it. feel about these scenes? Because I felt this actually to me has been building up to this for the whole film. It has, and I I really liked. There was some serious dramatic tension over a completely bizarre situation. There was, and I, it was really well played. I I I was in. It like, was well played, uh, but here's okay. Here's my big problem. Okay. With Mike is the only fucking one. Mike is the only person in this entire group of ballpark 200 rational adult human beings who is like, oh yeah, we're definitely going to give a child to a demon. He's the only one who's like, let's not do that. And I do not understand more of the parents coming to his side. I do not, I mean... I, could, I don't understand a world where I could live with myself. Well, I survived, so it's mm-hmm. totally fine that I said it was cool 
for a demon to take a baby. And I, I think, just, I, I think this is the point he was trying to make. Linoge chose the perfect community for this to be okay. Maybe that's it. It, it, it he is went out specific. there and he's like pulling out. It's like you're a gay basher. You know what? Right. You know what I think? Right. I think Cora. As much of a bitch as she was, uh-huh. she would have said no. Right. That's why he killed her. I think he would have killed me. I think he, he, there's a good uh, argument for that. He got rid of anybody who I, would have disagreed with him. I think that that's what, what right. happened. Because I'm like, he killed a good handful of people, right. but not like too many. And they were pretty random. And I wonder if it mm-hmm. is the people he who got rid of the old lady. It. He got rid of the one who was just bitter as hell who would have... Who probably would have resisted him? She drowned her face in the uh, the Cora. That's Cora. the I, one I that I'm talking the, about. Yeah, no, she was feisty. Cora as was hell. yeah, and she would say no just but on I principle. She, she, I think that's probably. And right. so I think that you know the first woman that he kills and the several that he kills between then the ones he snatches out of the storm yeah. are likely the people who would have absolutely resisted him. Right. But he's and I think maybe Billy yeah. or Katrina or as as two would have resisted mm-hmm. them, but if one of them kills the other one, right. then you've broken that. Well, one. you saw also that Billy had his last minute minute moment of conscience. No, that's true, yeah. And so he could be like something uh, uh, inside out, of him. Yeah. And I think it's it's so it's interesting to me. Uh-huh. So we have one holdout, right? right. Mike is like uh, uh no. holdout. and then when everybody is like voted against him, he's like, cool, but my son's not part of this. And then his wife is like, no, he is. And I'm like, you Deborah Ferentino We are done. Is more yeah. than a pretty face. She turns in a very good performance in this scene. Because she, she's literally the worst mother that's yeah, ever Yeah, she been. is, but the, the look on his face when she says that is priceless. It looks like he she, she physically hit him. And like he's very good. The look on scene. her face when she refuses to let uh, when he refuses to let her console him. She looks like she's been struck too. What do, what do you mean? And they have been so tight up until this point. Yeah. As that, you said, well, he started pulling uh, away from her. I think when she was like, "You should just kill this dude." Right. Because <laughs> he, he was like, "Oh." He began to realize that something was wrong there. But as we mentioned, they're the two prettiest people in the room, and well, I have no yeah, doubt no, they were the yeah. prom king and the prom queen. We've talked about that. These are like this is the golden couple of this community. Yes. And then. They just got fractured right down the middle, and it keeps splitting, and it's a really good performance. Yeah. And the, the, the rationale... But it is just wild to me mm-hmm. that in 200 people, none of them but Mike right. say... And I think you hit a good point. None of the ones that survive. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what I have to... Because uh, that's the only way I buy this. And I do yeah. understand you don't want to be outed. You don't want to walk into the sea. I cannot live the rest of my natural yeah. life knowing that I... Made that decision. Made that decision. That yeah. I sent a child away with a demon. I, 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 that's not a life I'm living. Nope. I liked... Just kill me then. Just the, kill me. The arguments that they were making. Oh, it doesn't sound like a, a kidnapping to me. It sounds more like an adoption. That's the thing. That was Better my favorite alive line. alive than dead. Yeah. It's all of that. They're all going to die if uh, we don't say yes. I just... I, I, and it's also... The, to them, but it's, it's the a question lot of... of it, it, it's hmm. the... It's the... It's like a trolley problem. It's right. a it's a thought yeah. problem. It's we sacrifice one for the good of everyone else. Yeah. Do we? Apparently we do. Right. In this case they did. <laughs> I do not. It was to me <laughs> as as strange as this program was or the the miniseries was and mm-hmm. how at times it dragged something on too much. I still think the dramatic point of it was really good. Because it poses this moral question. We all know these people have questionable morals. Yes. 
All of them do. The ones yes. that are left. Well, because they're human beings. Right. Everyone's done something that they're not proud and of and they don't want their neighbors to know about. varying degrees of bad. Mm-hmm. He knows that this is a community who keep a secret. You know, yes. Dolores Claiborne and yep. her husband disappeared yep. and no one needs to know. Yep, and, so they, and they pull together in they're times They're tight-lipped, they're clubbish, they keep secrets, they don't like, you know. And so this was the perfect storm in a lot of ways. Right. This was vain. He knew that these... He knew that he could exploit the weaknesses of this insular group of people. Yeah. And I think that's what the point of it is. It reminded me a lot of Shirley Jackson's story, The Lottery. Yeah. No, it definitely also has Shirley that, Jackson vibes for sure. Right. Who's somebody that King respects a great deal, and mm-hmm. how could you not? Yeah. Um, in that he... Uh, Excited to see that biopic. Right. That's a, it's a very interesting story. I read her biography, and uh, yeah, she was an interesting character who had very strange encounters with the actual uh, otherworldly when she was writing her books. Yeah. So I'm interested in how they're going to depict that. But uh, in this case, it, it's the same thing. He's choosing these stones. Uh, what was the rules again? The, um, it, they're the weirding parents? stones. It's uh-huh. literally black and white, right? There, mm-hmm. are, there are seven white and one black. They've been used since before Atlantis was lost to right. make big decisions. Every parent, like one parent of each child has to draw the stones. Um, Mike won't have anything. Mike's being rest- physically restrained at this right. point, right? So Molly's the one who has to do it. Fucking Robbie won't do it and sends up his wife because he's a punk ass bitch. <laughs> well, don't Ooh, hold back. What are you really he, was, he pissed me the fuck off in right. this one, and of course, but of course, he's a tough guy who's been you know pretend tough. Well, guy who's and been then as, as his wife is holding the stone, she's like, "I can't do this. You have to do this." And Robbie's like, "You got this, hon." Right. Like, fucking really, dude? When it comes Ugh. to making an actual life or death decision, he can't do it. No. And it's not a decision. It's literally reaching into a bag and grabbing a thing. Like it's. Well, what I mean is there that is the choice is taken away from them, right? right? So they're all. If you if you he show, wants her to be responsible. He does. Yeah, he wants somebody to blame. Yeah. Absolutely, one hundred. He doesn't know how to operate otherwise. Nope. Um, if your stone is white, then your child is fine, and if your stone is black, then he's going to take it. And of course. Of course, the yes. last person, it's down to two, and they open them together, and Molly's stone is black, so it's Ralph that's going to go. And Molly accuses him. He says, she, she says, you fixed this. And he says, no, this was fair. And I'm like, mm, Do you trust mm. this guy? I mean, do you really uh, trust this guy? We knew it was going to, of course it's Ralph, because he's the focus of the story. Right, from the very right? beginning, he's been the... He's been the focus, yes. And it's like the fairy saddle or the uh, birthmark on his face seemed yeah. to be what set him apart right away. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, I don't know if the fix was in uh-huh. or if it was always going to just end up as th- that without even, you know, him having to manipulate anything. Who knows? Right. But there was never a question that it wasn't going to be Ralphie, right? Uh, Andre picks up uh, Ralph's body. Molly says he'll never belong to you. But Andre says he'll learn to call me father. And then he flies away. And Mike tries to run after after him. He offers anything he wants for, uh, for Ralphie. He's like, take me. Right. And Lenore's just like, nope, deuces. And then he flies away. <laughs> and then uh, we are, then there's a flash forward to six months later. And Molly's um, on the mainland in Machias. And they have not slept together since this happened. The story 
that they tell is that uh, Ralphie was one of the people that got lost, lost in the whiteout, and they presume that he went into the sea. Because uh, on this island, we're stupid enough to walk out in the middle of the whiteout. Well, it doesn't make right. them look good. It may, yeah, no, it's but but several people never appeared. Right. So it's yeah. a it's a believable story to the outside right. world. And it seems to me in this scene that Molly believes that this is the story. That believes uh-huh. she has built up She's, a wall in her mind about uh-huh. what actually happened. And this is and her psychiatrist is like, right. there's stuff that you're not telling me. And Molly's like, nope, this is what happened. And I really believe that she believes that. But just like in a conversation we've had an hour ago just because your patient believes something does not make it so well the psychiatrist knows that something else is going on um and then we see mike and he he bounces he leaves i'm like i was surprised he was still there i was like as soon as that fucking fairy started going i would have been like we see um hatch comes to him and i really thought hatch was going to eat it but he makes it through um, Hatch comes to him and it's like, Robbie says you can have the constable job back if it's all yours if you want it. And Mike's like, Yana, I'm well, gonna go. How do you, as you pointed out, how do you stay with these people? I'm not, I can't look at these people in the face. Right. My child is gone. Yes. Because you all voted to give my and child see, to a demon. I think that if Linoge had planned from the beginning for Mike's kid to be the kid to go, uh-huh. then this was just more. You know, it's just sweeter for him. It's like he. You'll pardon me phrase, fuckery. Yeah. What he did was just mess with everybody's mm-hmm. heads, cement the fact that oh, he did tell them that they, there was a kind of um, a non-disclosure agreement uh, about his appearance. Loge. He said, the less you talk about this, you can't talk about it to anybody else, the better mm-hmm. for everyone. Right. Because his threat is, I will come back here and you've seen what I can do. You've seen what I can do. So right. nobody has I to couldn't talk take this. him, but right. that's basically it. Right. <laughs> like, I can as do far as I can come back else. and kill all of your kids, yeah. I can force you all to walk into the ocean, I can do yep. anything I want. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I'm not sure how rules work in this world, but that's the rule that he made, you know? Yeah. He, he's more yes. than capable of it. Keep it shut. Mm hmm. Uh, so Mike leaves and drives uh, all the way to San Francisco. He drives all the way to San Francisco. Just right. fuck it. I'm as far from Maine as I can get. San Francisco. And he uh, becomes a federal marshal, uh-huh. which I like. Which I like the fact that he um, he also, the same kind of job that would have, like the tests for a federal marshal, he didn't have to cheat. He passed them this time. He had the self-confidence of knowing. Right, and he had the, the history of being a, co- a constable and, right. and whatever. Um, so we say, oh, and then we see, you know, various things. A bunch of people died young. Mm-hmm. Melinda suffered a heart attack at 35. Molly and Hatch got married. Uh, um, uh, Jack and Angie Carver got divorced and he committed suicide, leaving his, uh, any, uh, the meager amount of money that he had to the guy that they had um, bashed, mm-hmm. the one-eyed man that they had bashed. Um, and what I found interesting is his death scene, or when they discover his body. Is he's wearing a that sort of bedazzled eye patch? Right. Yeah. Sandy disappears on a boat, like she she like rows out into the sea and just mm-hmm. bloop. <laughs> um, and and wrote Croatoan. It's not Croatoan because once again right. we see it and they've taken the A out, so it's Croatoan. Croton. Croton. Little. Uh, it's the noise a frog makes. And then we come back to that intro 
voiceover that we mm-hmm. had heard and where he says, I thought I learned my lesson nine years ago, but I really learned it a week ago. And he's on the streets of San Francisco and he sees Ralphie and the aged Linoge. And Ralphie looks back and he has baby, baby cuckoo teeth. He says, Adam. There's nothing he can do about it. And there's nothing he can do. He chases he, them down, but they disappear into Chinatown. It's Chinatown, Mike. It is. It is Chinatown, Mike. Ruh, ruh. Different. My son, my demon, my son. My <laughs> uh, Mike doesn't, he opts not to tell Molly. Uh, he says that at yeah, night. Well, Molly, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, don't tell Molly anything. You don't need to say two more words to that bitch. Right. Like, nah, that's fine. Uh, he he thinks that maybe that was a mistake, but but he really knows that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She seems some semblance of of happy and healed now, and right. uh, so he's leaving it alone. And then that's a wrap, y'all. He wanted Ralphie, and he got him because that town is a bunch of fuck faces. <laughs> So, what did you feel overall? I mean, what did I just say? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, overall about the the whole production as as a King story that you missed out on. Um, you know, I really I liked it. I wish. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It. I'm torn. I kind of wish it was one episode shorter. Yes, that's the exact feeling I had. I loved it, but I wanted it to be a two night thing instead of a three night. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like the time between the time we know what he wants and the time that it ends is uh-huh. the right amount of time. Right. But I feel like we get too much of what does he want? What does he want? What does he want? Right. What does he want? 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 It's basically of the what four hour and I'm trying to think. It was like four hour and seventeen minute runtime, something mm. like that. Uh. Three and a half hours of that, we don't know what he wants. Yeah. That could be cut down to like two and a half hours. Well, that probably would have been. I could have lost an hour of. Just, the, the, I, I think there was a couple of. I, I, <sighs> there's a couple of tropes it relies on the mysterious question, the yeah. little children's rhymes, I'm a little teapot. Like, yeah. And then we keep cutting to those scenes over and over again. Yeah. And what's as, bothersome... As if I've forgotten. Right. What's bothersome is that there's a lot of really good dramatic meat to this story. And it reminds me of other sort of like crisis closed-in stories like The Mist. Right. Where there's a lot of dramatic stuff going on and a lot of interaction between characters. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that characters got set up here. Yes. It's not like... We, we've seen other Stephen King adaptations where... I do actually wish there were... Fewer characters, mm-hmm. a little bit more in depth, because a lot of those faces sort of right. blended together. I think that some of the Stephen King adaptations we've seen before, when they're done, rely on sort of almost stereotype characters, or yeah. like we saw with Salem's Lot, we're going to cast an actor who always plays this part. Yeah, yes. So as that soon as you see shorthand. this doctor, you know right. who this well, is. Oh, that's the doctor. I knew cop. teacher. It's like the yeah. guy who was always a teacher. The guy who was always a cop. Yeah, and so the avoided some of that here because they made it a very small community and I really like the actors in there. Yeah. And in the case that you're speaking about, it was their faces that distinguished it because they're all muffled yeah. under. But the, yeah, but we don't like mm. there are just so many names where I'm like, wait, who which one is this? Right. And, and it was it was the ones that, that distingu- and... Ursula distinguishes herself, Robbie distinguishes yeah. himself. Yeah. And um the lead couple 
they distinguish themselves. Also, I yeah, Molly is uh, my least favorite character in this thing. Right. And I think that Molly is not well drawn. Okay. I think it's detrimental to open seeing her in distress at her workplace because she wasn't paying attention to the kids that she has charged to take care of. Like, the first time we see her, she has to call her husband to come home because one of her charges, Uh who she is paid to watch, has put their head in... The, now, stair- the staircase. Do we ever find out if Molly had a particular sin? Because I don't remember that. We don't. And I, I think that believe. maybe it's the idea is that she's capable of doing something really horrible, and it turns out she is, and that she just hasn't done it yet. This is her maybe big thing. Maybe that's it, Matt. Yeah, I don't know. I, she just, I don't think there's enough of her. Because, uh-huh. um, yeah, her motivations seem muddy and unclear. Uh-huh. And then she's just like, you know, you're one of the 16 people that I would think would be arguing at least a little uh-huh. for a minute against this plan. And you're like, it's almost like you're like, ah, I've got a uterus, I can make another one. Like, I think her <laughs> attitude was more that she didn't think it would be her kid. Just she's led such a charmed life that she and nothing it might bad be. could and happen And that might to her. be the kind of pr- and again that I would that I right. could see. I'm n- but it wasn't. It wasn't made explicit. Story. There was a yeah. lot of characters, but I could see that she's beautiful. She's young. She's got the best guy in town. Yeah, she's loved by everyone. I think this is a person who does not ever see the wrong that's going to happen to them. And when stuff starts going wrong, their first you can kill him. You can oh, it won't be my kid. No, it won't. It's she's, yeah, maybe right. that's it, but. If that's the case, uh-huh. and that is the underlying thing, I right. wish it had been made more explicit. I wish it had been made more explicit. I, I, somehow. Like I don't I said, know how. I like her as an actress, and she's always, I've never seen her sleepwalk through. Even when she was doing B-movies, she never slept walked through them. That was a great thing about her. Um, so I think she put something into it that might not have been on paper, or it might have been. We've got five, four hours of material, and we have to cut something. So it might be that she Yeah, but I just feel know. like she's not the one to cut. Because yeah, she it's isn't. fundamentally... The stars of this movie have to be Mike, Molly, Ralph, and Andre. Right. That's the crux, right? Yes. And because her motives are so gray, and her sort of, or her motivations are so gray, that's a quarter of this foursome that's just like this weird, cloudy Who mess. Who is the character in the mist? Mother Carmody, right? Yeah. What worked about that, both the story and the film, is you saw a progression. Yes. And I think that the progression with Molly is missing, where she goes yes. from, you know, charmed life to being willing to push somebody else into the bus if yeah. it means saving her. Yeah. So. yeah, and it just doesn't... Like, I want to see her as a capable person. Right. And we don't ever see that. Yeah. Because like I said, we're introduced to her calling not only it's wild. She called her husband and the father of the child yeah. who has been injured under her care. And everybody's just like, Aw, 
this is funny and cute, right? Yeah. I mean, no, not really. She's not really responsible for anything. No. And I, I think that's maybe that's what we're supposed to take away from that scene, but you're right. There should have been more with her. So then we I'm got, just like this feckless bitch. Yeah. Like, we got Nikki, we got Kat all day long. We got a lot of Ursula. We just, you know. Yeah. Um, I just I felt like she was the weakest, and because it, the whole thing turns on that family. Yeah. That really, yeah. I, I also it feel felt weak to this me. This is very much like an old school horror movie, in a way. And I think I discussed with you before our chat when Hayes, the horror author, who said that when he started writing his novels, his publisher told him, "Make sure your heroine gets beat up every ten pages, or gets a good thrashing every ten pages." Ugh. And so he was told that in order to keep it going, you're going to have to have something happen. Um, there was another filmmaker who described, oh, when something we did... happened is one thing. Yeah, Having but, a I mean, woman beat up every 10 pages is different. To keep her in peril all the time. Uh, there was a horror filmmaker who said, yeah, in the old days, when we were doing these sort of murder mystery horror things, someone had to die every reel, every 10 minutes. And so I think that there was a definite feeling of that. Instead of getting some of the character development we wanted, we had to have a, a, another horrible Something murder bad happen. Which every you 15, do 20 have, minutes. I think that that's right, because you do have to understand, too, that these people are getting more scared and desperate as right. the time goes by, um, which I do think that they do a good job with. I just think that there's a, I think that there's a lot of filler that is not... Maybe that they were trying to put things through visually that right. needed to be more explicitly stated or... Yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like it needed a second or a third pass to, like, yeah. bulk up a little bit of things and maybe thin out a couple of other things. I think that also, I mean, and I do, I agree with you. I, I have to say that of all of Stephen King's stuff that we've watched, this is one of the more beautiful visual representations mm-hmm. of his stuff. I mean, we get a lot of, in the past, a lot of sort of... um I mean, especially when you compare this to Trucks. You know? <laughs> like, oh, well, I mean, yeah. But uh, this movie is really it both. And I posted some stuff in the, the uh, Latecomers uh, Facebook page. Yeah. Some interviews with the actual actors and things like that. Um, but just vis- the trouble they went through to recreate this storm is amazing. Yeah. It is, to me, almost all the time, more so than some of the, the talking cane and the other things yeah. that don't quite work. And I actually, I like, mm-hmm. I like, I got a sense of the... Layout of the island, I right. think. Like, um, so place-wise, I think it worked really yeah. well. I just think character-wise, and because there were simultaneously, it's a small group uh, of people. There's a lot of characters in this, though. There yes, are a lot. There are a lot, and I think that also maybe finding that down would have helped a little bit, because I also weird things happened. There was weird jumps in logic. If you know that cat murdered somebody, why are you still letting her talk to the kids? Yeah, she, that was, yeah, while we were right. watching it, she's basically in charge of the children at the end. And I'm like, y'all know that she just murdered somebody. Yeah. I mean, I guess at that point they've understood that she wasn't, she had been taken right, over because I think these other people have killed themselves. But like... Being a parent myself, you don't know I probably would have not, no, I don't want you hanging around that woman. She just killed somebody. She just killed somebody. And right. you, I don't know that as a parent at this point... Uh-huh. Anybody could be taken over to do bad acts at right. any time. I'm only trusting me with my kids. Yeah. There was a couple of jumps like, in Like, there were so many points where people didn't... Uh, 
my child is on a leash attached to me right. in this situation. I am going to have eyes on my baby at all times. Yes. And that did not... And I understand that they are in a small community where everybody kind of looks out for everybody else, so they're kind of used to just letting that be right. the case. Hey, everyone, this weekend is different than every other weekend. Put your own eyeballs on yeah. your children. And I felt like... As parents, all of these people failed a little right, bit. Right, they dropped the ball. Right? Which, of course, is true because every single parent but Mike was like, nope, we're definitely sending one of these kids off with yeah. a demon. Well, <laughs> it's like an adoption. That's it's still, that's my like favorite like an line. adoption. You'll get to live for a really long time and it's, you'll learn all sorts of things and see all sorts of new places. It was like the worst main logic ever. I died. Well, we got to travel off the island. You'll I'm see just lots of funny places. Just and shaking funny things. my head. I just, yeah, no, it's, it's just like. It was amazing. That's but, a baby. But that was a. That's a demon. That was, to me, an utterly convincing, an utterly convincing piece of of consolatory logic for yeah, that person. Maybe, yeah. That did sound very authentic. Yes, like, yeah. They're all going to die right in front of us, or we can just mm. imagine them happy out right. in the world forever. And it's like, a long time, and they'll see all sorts of neat things. Um, and they, yeah, okay. You're, they'll never want for anything. Yeah. I'm like, uh, except a soul. <laughs> right, obviously. Like, he's, Yeah, his, it was... Um, that was something. Yeah, no, I And why would you trust anything this guy told you? Why right. would you do that? I'd be like, I would presume that mm -hmm. the thing that he would do as right. soon as he got the child in question would be to eat them in front of you. <sighs> like, why would you presume anything different? Right. Just because he says he's telling the truth now? Oh, well, that's well, very well, Basically, convincing. he's terrified you into doing, it, believing him, so that's... But anyhow, yes, I, I actually really liked it. I um, No, I enjoyed it, too, but I did think it, it was a some little... It snip, yeah. snip, snip, and it needed more Molly, you're right. Yeah, just... Clarify her whole situation because right now I'm just like, you're the worst and you've done nothing to inspire a different thought in me. So that's that's Storm of the Century. We did it. Yes, we did it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Whoop, whoop. It's uh all available, either all at one piece in one piece or in several pieces, uh, you know, three pieces on YouTube. Right now. So if you guys want to check it out, it's yes, free. It's free. And it certainly is worth watching. All right. So next up is not Storm of the Century because there is not a part four. Up next, we will be watching Hearts in Atlantis. Now, this is going to be hard for you because. Oh, Anton Yelchin died. He's a very promising actor. All these young, all these, yeah, we. this is back to our streak of star yeah. Stephen King movie and die young. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan and Brad Renfro. And right. now we have Anton Yelchin is in this film, along with Sir Anthony Hopkins. It is based on the short story Low Men in Yellow Coats. Low Men in Yellow Coats. That's not the tune. <laughs> He's yes. singing fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> Low man in a yellow coat. Well, you're, you're doing it better than me. I can't um, sing. You should have heard me in church. People just backed away from me. <laughs> uh, I think you forgot. It's like, yes. It came out in 2001. Yes, the year 2000 had no Stephen King adaptations in it. So that's 
weird. But this is the one from 2001, Hearts in Atlantis. Uh, so we will be watching that. I don't know where it's streaming. We'll find it somewhere, I'm sure. We were able to find this, and it was a TV movie, so we should be all right. So we're going to watch that for next week. Do you know anything about it? Have you seen um, it? Once a very long time ago. And so I'll be looking forward to seeing it again. I don't really remember. I've read the book uh-huh. and I've seen the movie and I don't remember either. So I remember that it was filled with beautiful children and a really very sweet performance by Anthony Hopkins. And it is more of a coming-of-age story with science fiction elements than it Right. Was. It's not a strict horror right. situation. That's correct. Until we watch Hearts in Atlantis, do you have anything you would like to recommend to our lovely listeners? I can't even remember what we did last weekend. Did we, we didn't do that? anything last weekend. No. We stayed home. and Okay, I do have something I would recommend. Um, I haven't finished watching it, but I don't know if we actually recommended it. Have we recommended Key and Lock? Lock and Key. No, we Lock have not. Key. I uh, have been watching, or we have been watching, Lock and Key. And it is turned out to be... I, I'm not familiar with the source material. Okay, let's start with... It's uh-huh. a Netflix show. Right. A live-action show. Adaptation of a Joe Hill graphic novel. So... It's connected to the Stephen king verse in that Joe Hill is a baby Stephen King. Right. Tiny baby Stephen King looks just like his daddy did. Uh, so, and it, yeah, and it's based on a graphic novel that I started but didn't finish because I'm bad at reading graphic novels. It's a, it's a weird thing with me. Now, go ahead. But I've been watching, I haven't finished it. Um, what I've seen so far is actually really good and beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. A lot of, um, there's a lot of production value to it. It is. And the performances are really good. The actors are fo- really very good, including the child performances, which is a difficult thing. Yes, the youngest child is also someone that we will visit in our in this series because he plays Georgie in the new It yes. movies. Small part, but vital, vital part. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just, so far it's been a really compelling, fun, it has shades of Harry Potter, it has a lot mm-hmm. of... It makes references to, so far that I've seen, there's a lot of neat references. Yes. Um, there's a club of uh, kids who watch horror movies, and they're the Savini Club. <laughs> yes. Which is even funnier, because Tom Savini makes an appearance as a yes, character. As in... a character. So this is a world in which Tom Savini both exists as Tom Savini, and right. also is an actor who plays... A character in this show right. not, who is not Tom Savini. Right. So what does Tom Savini look like in the world of this show? Who knows? There's a, the town's name is Matheson, Yeah, which is obviously a nod to Richard Matheson. Yeah. There is references to Twilight Zone episodes written by Richard Matheson. Absolutely. There are references to C.S. Lewis. Absolutely. And there's a lot. It's just a lot. I mean, like heavy references. Right. Heavy references. Children, uh, children are the only ones who see Narnia. There, yeah. There's a lot of great stuff in there, but... They're, it's a very cool concept. Like yeah. the idea of it, this house is full of magical keys, and each key does different magical things. That's a cool concept. It's very and much wide. You could do right. a lot of different things. It's very it. much like um, years ago. There's a children's author named John Belairs, and he wrote a book called "The House with the Clock in Its Walls." Yes, it got adapted into a movie not too long ago. Uh huh. That and, I enjoyed. Right. I haven't seen the movie because I read his books with my son. Yeah. A year, several of his books. And they're wonderfully creepy books about old Gothic houses, mm-hmm. old American Gothics. Mm-hmm. 
and, you know, courageous priests and wizards working together to stop the end of the world, and there's a doomsday clock built into this house. It feels a lot like that should have been. Yeah. It does have that feeling that... Yeah, they, they Disney-fied uh, the movie a little bit. The so. evil in John Belair's novels is genuinely creepy and scary, and there's a character here who's a, who also is familiar to the Joe Hill world, because it's building its own world, too. Yeah. Uh, and that she was a actress in, in The Tall Grass. In The Tall Grass, yeah. Who here is playing a voice at the bottom of the well who is genuinely evil. There's a, an actual scary thing. Yeah. Uh, Her name is Dodge. <laughs> that's not a good name. Yeah, that, that tells I mean, you everything you need to know. That's not the person, yeah. yeah um, get out the way. Get right. out the way. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, a, so I really, I love how it looks. I love how mm. beautiful it is. I love, the performers are all very good. Yeah. The storylines are interesting. There's a lot of neat stuff if you're paying attention and you like horror. There'll be a lot of neat stuff to yeah, pick up on. Yeah, there's a ton of yes. Easter eggs in it. Yeah, uh, it's really fun, and so I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, is I like it a lot that, too. Is there anything that you want to? Not the new season of Outlander. Have you seen? The new I haven't season? watched any of it. I'm stuck before the rape, and I can't bring myself to keep watching. Outlander is a show with lots of sex. <laughs> yes, and I'm about to get to some un, un, non-consensual sex, uh, i.e., rape, and I uh, have not been able to do that. So, in my rewatch, um, I watched a show on Netflix. I binged the entire thing last week uh. and well I was sick and that show was Next in Fashion. And I recommend it if you like Project Runway or um any show uh, competition reality shows based on actual skills. <laughs> like cooking shows or fashion shows or interior design shows. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Competition reality shows. The show is about fashion. It's um <laughs> It's hosted by Tan France. He's one of the queer eyes, queer the new queer eye guys. Uh, it has a lot of very famous uh, people doing judging and things like that. It's a very wholesome show. The right person totally won. <laughs> like okay. I wasn't mad at the end of it, uh, and I just it, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. So if that's your jam, this is a thing that you can watch and forget about the news for an hour at a time. It's a good idea. I recommend it. I recommend forgetting about the news for an hour at a time. Oh, uh, if you can, God bless you. It's our privilege. I understand. Yes. Uh, so that's what I would recommend. Because I feel like much of what I've been watching is just catching up on primetime television, mm. and I can't, in good conscience, recommend that anybody watch Grey's Anatomy in the fifteenth season. There was a bear attack. No, that wasn't Grey's Anatomy. That it was... was Grey's. It was not Grey's Anatomy, but it was fin- that storyline was finished on Grey's Anatomy. Okay. All right, yes. As a person who might have accidentally suffered a bear attack at some point in the last year, I am very much... I was not attacked by a bear. No. I saw signs of bear everywhere, and it was hard for me to take it seriously because... The bear was so cartoony. Although my friends on the trip uh, was very aware of bears, I only knew them through Yogi Bear and thought that perhaps... That's not scary. The bear itself was just after our picnic basket. Picnic basket. And there would be a smaller bear named Boo Boo and everything would be okay. If there's a smaller bear, you're in trouble. Right. So <laughs> as it turns out, I saw neither Yogi nor Boo Boo and my picnic basket was safe. Well, yes. Um, in this case, nope. Yes. Yes, that's the there case. There was a Boo Boo and then Yogi got real mad and ripped a dude's nose off. Right. Well, and so <laughs> I, I still... It's one of those things where... I'll use a weird term for it. I, I have something that they taught me when I was uh, in the experimental school. I had no mass on it. 
Okay. So I yeah. just don't have any idea. What does a bear do? You know, and it will take your face right. Right, off. and so I just I, I the whole time that I'm wandering There's around the woods. There's a movie called The Revenant. Uh huh. Okay, there we go. Leonardo DiCaprio teaches you what bear what what bears do. Right. All right. <laughs> yeah. So. But that was that was a funny thing to me. I had no idea. So it's like. Oh my God! There's bear tracks. Oh my God! There's claw marks, on the, and that was the only time I really got it when I saw the claw marks in the trees. And I thought to You're myself, like, "Oh, huh? <laughs> like, those are very deep." My hands don't do that. <laughs> yes, I, I touch a tree. Not, so. I've not learned the bear the bear claw technique in kung fu, so I am. I am Even if you had, your hands well, would not do no, that. No, I am not a bear. So, uh, so yes, so that's that's that. Yes, that's that's that. So find I'll put in the show notes where mm. uh, Hearts in Atlantis Hearts in Atlantis uh, is available, and we will watch it, and we will. And it might be just on our shelf. I think it might be a film that we own. Oh, did we own it? I think so. I'm not sure. So many DVDs that I don't even ever look at. Yes. Well, practical or. Not practical media. What's the word I'm looking for? Physical media. <laughs> Bygones of the past. All right. If you would like to reach out to us, we are available on Gmail at latecomerspod at gmail.com. We are available on Twitter at latecomerspod. We're on Facebook. We're putting more stuff up there. Yep. Come check it out. Come join us. Join us. I did it. I put more stuff up there. Join us. And Come play with us. Forever and ever. Oh, and the other thing I would say is, if you don't know that we do another podcast, we yes, do we another do. podcast. It's called Without Works, and it's where we get real mad at fundamentalist Christians. <laughs> now, I should say, I am a Christian, not a fundamentalist. Amity is not. So we have a, a very interesting kind of, it's not a evangelical We're podcast. We're not evangelical. We're not trying to convert anybody. We're just saying this is the way it's being practiced and this is not what it is. Yeah. So, so. I think it's important now because uh, the evangelical voices that you're hearing in the mainstream are wrong. bad. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm wrong, like, wrong, Ooh, wrong. what's the word I want to use here? So <laughs> no, I, I can use it. <laughs> that show is called Without Works. It's available on all of the things and at withoutworkspodcast.com. Mm. So check that out if you have not. Um, we've got some good episodes about spiritual warfare where I get real mad. Yes, so it actually crosses with some of what we exactly. talked about today, strangely so enough. Come listen to that. And now I remind you, take your medicine, and we remind you, better, better late, late than, than never. never. There you go.